It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you so much for joining me. Boy, the comments flowed in after my show with Carrie Luft of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation regarding the Supreme Court decision on wetlands. And interesting from the comments I received, it really seems as though most of us are having a hard time understanding what the Supreme Court did uh, and what it's going to mean. And before I go to the subject for today, which is going to be a combination of why is Canada burning uh, and what's going on with the BLM, let me just say it, it appears that what the Supreme Court did, as Carrie Luff said on the show, uh, was it followed the letter of the law and its meaning on the Constitution, which is what the Supreme Court, I guess I'm not a Supreme Court justice, obviously, but what the Supreme Court is supposed to do. What the Supreme Court did not do was take into account hydrology and how water works. And so you have a legal decision that is bifurcated from reality on the land. And we'll talk more about this in the coming months as it is transformative as to what the wetlands regulations in America are going to be. But for right now, it appears that we're back into the era of the Wild West where most things we thought were wetlands are not uh, protected by the Clean Water Act. And when I think of wetlands, I, I think about how the term has changed. Uh, they were swamps. They were, they were malaria sinks, the number one killer of the settlers coming across Illinois uh, 100 and, well, almost 170 years ago now was malaria and swamps where mosquitoes lived and swamps were to be drained. And now here we are with wetlands and we understand that they are among the most important things in our ecosystem. But anyway, the Supreme Court decision was based on a very narrow reading of the rule of law, not on its potential consequences to how water actually works and, and the environment. More on that to come. But what I wanted to switch to and talk a bit about this morning, you can't get away from smoke, smoke, smoke everywhere. If you're in the east and even in Indiana, I was downtown in Chicago on Thursday and the sky was hazy. It made me think of a couple things. First, the west has been, had the most horrible wildfires in recent years. And people talk about it, but it's not the news of the day. You would think the plague has set in on New York City. The mayor of New York said, don't go outside. Nobody go outside. Limit your physical activity. Well, people living in the western part of the United States for the last number of years have been living with these atrocious wildfires, just absolutely apocalyptic in, in, in some cases. And, and now the rest of the country is getting a dosage of what a lot of people in the west have been living with. And a lot of the West is not nowhere near as populated, thank goodness, as, as the Northeast. But what they're seeing is what people in the West have been seeing for, for quite a while. And I, I had to, to take a pause when Premier Trudeau said this was caused by climate change and President Biden said this was caused by climate change. And the head of the Senate, Chuck Schumer, said this is all climate change. And I guess I hope we're not all that naive. The climate is unquestionably changing. It has been changing. We all talk about it. But these fires 
are not the result of climate change. And for politicians to do what they do best to make political points on a very serious subject matter because it's convenient is really, I think, a dereliction of their duty. We can argue till the cows come home as to whether or not climate change is human-caused, if climate change is going to end the world as we know it. We, we could have a, a debate on this, and I've said for a long time, my role here on the, on the Great Outdoors show is, is not to pick sides. My role is to try to have informed conversation and dialogue and to do so in a civil way that leads to outcomes where people can make informed decisions. And you don't have a civil dialogue when the political leaders of, of, the, of North America, President Premier Trudeau and President Biden, stand up and say this is all caused by climate change. That's not a solution. Actually, the fires are largely caused by a, a terrible, terrible forest management. That is human caused. So to say that the climate changing has brought on these forest fires is to ignore the very basic fact that we have so mismanaged our forests in North America for so long that now we're paying the price. Canada is not a whole lot better than the United States when it comes to managing its forests, the public forests. Private forests, they're beautifully managed. You don't have a lot of fires unless they jump from public forests onto private forest lands. But you have a lot of fires on our national forests across America and our national parks, and you have them in Canada for the same reasons. We are not managing our forests for sustainable, long-term viability of the forest or prosperity of its natural resources, and that, I think, is an undeniable fact. You don't hear the President of the United States saying, we actually have terrible forest management. And that's what's led to dying and diseased trees and old-growth forests that should have been burned long ago had nature been able to run its course. You don't hear that. You don't hear Premier Trudeau say the same thing. No, it's, it's easy to, to, wait, to, to, to say it's climate change because that is what's in vogue. And it's also something that we know, at least in the near term, we're not going to do anything about. So these fires are going to burn. This, is, this year is, is, not, is not an aberration. It just happens that the air currents are an aberration, which are bringing this intense smoke down into the Northeast and, is, and even into upper parts of the Midwest. But the fires have been burning, and they've been burning for those people who pay attention to life in the West for a long time now. Not every year, but these infernos are ever-increasing, and it's not because we're getting hotter. It's because we have allowed forests to go to the point where they are just tinderboxes waiting to explode. So if there's one thing that maybe can, can come out of this discussion, and I sure hope it does, is that more even-keel minds say, let's talk about what the near-term solutions are, rather than tilting it at windmills as to whether or not climate change is, is going to be the ruination of us all, and certainly the climate change caused these fires, because it did not. We cause these fires. We have to manage our force. So what does that mean? It was said to me very well the other day by the president of the Rough Grouse Society, Ben Jones, who said, what we are doing is we are forcing species into extinction because of the, our lack of management of our forests. Forest management means you cut trees. 
You cut trees so a forest is sustainable. You open areas of a forest so light can hit the forest floor and new trees can grow and, and plants can grow and flowers can grow. Insects thrive in decaying forests. The forests of North America are in decay. We have trees that, if we hadn't been around here and 400 years ago, things would have taken place. Over time, these fires would have burned, not as these Armageddon fires are burning today, but as much smaller fires, because the forest wouldn't have all of this accumulated dead debris and diseased trees. Nature would have done what nature does, takes care of itself. But we, we've interrupted that. There is no natural cycle anymore in forest management. We have to be what Mother Nature would have done to our forests. Mother Nature would have burned them and actually burned them selectively, taking out, believe it or not, it would have taken out parts of forests at a time. We need to do that now through timber management, through timber harvest. And if we don't, we're going to see these wildfires fires intensify in the coming years, not because of climate change, but because we refuse to cut our forests to manage them. We have plenty of demand for wood products. You know, that, that saying, oh, use the other side of the paper. We don't want to cut down another tree. We need to cut down trees. We need to manage the forest so grouse and woodcock can thrive as they always did in regenerative forests. There are very few forest land animals and birds that survive in mature, overage forests. Just like humans, they thrive when things are young and growing. So what we're seeing today maybe, maybe, is the beginning of a discussion about, wait a minute, we really ought to look at the sustainability of our forests, and that means cutting trees. And the tree huggers of the world have placed us partially in this position by don't cut any trees, let trees grow. Trees have feelings too. All all of that stuff that, that we hear all the time about. It's not real. The real world says if trees don't burn, aren't allowed to burn, then they have to be cut. We're not going to allow them to be burned because of the huge consequences to health. We know forest fires are are just horrible on on human health. As the mayor of New York said, it was the single dirtiest day air quality in New York's history. Don't go outside. That's human health. And that human health is caused because we didn't cut trees when they needed to be cut. So the paper mills aren't the villains. The lumbermen aren't the lumbermen or women or lumberjacks, just make it equal, aren't, aren't the villains. The villains are the people who've developed policies that stopped forest management. And I hope that now we can have a discussion about how do we go forward? Because whether you're in California or Idaho or New York City, you're all, we're all being affected by the fact that our forests have become overly aged, full of dead timber. We've got a lot of catching up to do. And if the catching up we're going to do is simply out-of-control forest fires, We're going to pay a terrible environmental price, not only in human health, but also in animals. It's it's not worth it. We instead can manage our forests and do so in a sustainable way. So that's what's going, that's what's really going on with forests. So the next time someone says the forest fires are caused because of climate change, I think we can say, well, climate change is definitely causing our forests to change, but our forests are burning because we didn't manage our forests now for 
for all, darn near 50 and 60 years, 70 years, and we have a backlog of, of, of debris on the ground and dead trees and diseased trees, and that's why these infernos are burning out of control. I'll be back in just a moment with more on the Great Outdoors show. When I do, I'm going to have a little conversation about the Bureau of Land Management, otherwise known as the BLM. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Sorry that first segment went a little bit long. This is Charlie Potter. I'm going to go now to the Bureau of Land Management for the remainder of the show. And what I want to say about the Bureau of Land Management is, well, I guess I would start off by asking what has happened. The Bureau of Land Management is one of the largest federal land management agencies. It works primarily with ranchers in the American West and has for a long time. Most cattle ranching in the American West, the cattle winter, winter on private grounds, and they summer on public grounds, Bureau of Land Management lands. These are lands that were never settled. Most of them are in remote areas. Uh, a lot of them are in mountainous terrain. But increasingly, the Bureau of Land Management has taken an anti-view of ranching and a pro-view of environmental radical thinking. And you're seeing this across the country and it's, it's a very slippery slope for us to be on. The Bureau of Land Management was once staffed with individuals who were specialists in rangeland management, cattle management, wildlife management. A lot of the people now in BLM positions are not specialists in those positions. Instead, they're specialists coming out in ecology or, frankly, coming out in a, in a point of view that says we shouldn't have any cattle on BLM lands. Bureau of Land Management lands. These are America's public lands, and why are cattle on them? Well, I can tell you cattle are on them because, first of all, that's how a big part of America's cattle industry is sustained. But if cattle were not on Bureau of Land Management lands, the fires I was talking about in the first part of this show would be exponentially larger because what is going to manage the tens of millions of acres of BLM lands in the American West if we don't have cattle on them. At one time, you could have said, well, that's easy. Buffalo manage them. And that's absolutely true. But there aren't any buffalo. And if you want to have, if you want to create an inferno that 
dwarfs what's going on with our forest fires. Go ahead and take cattle largely off BLM lands and watch what happens. The fires will be so devastating that we as a country won't stand for it for a second. And that's what we're risking here. Ranchers are not the enemy of the American people. And yet many people within the BLM believe that cattle ranchers are. And instead, somebody sitting in Sacramento in a in an apartment building or L.A. or Chicago, wherever we might be, those are the friends of BLM lands because, after all, they want the BLM lands for the public and they want nothing on them so that in some day, if you want to ride your ATV across the moonscape of western Wyoming or, or southern Idaho, you can do that and not see a cow. And I'm not exaggerating. There's a group out there called Western Watersheds, which is a litigious group that does nothing for the habitat preservation of anything. Instead, it simply sues the Bureau of Land Management to stop cattle grazing. And I only offer the rhetorical question, what are we going to do if we so reduce cattle grazing on BLM lands that we make ranching economically not viable? Cattle ranching cattle ranching as we know it and the cattle business as we know it in america depends on the proper use of our public lands and ranchers know if they overgrowse graze areas one year there isn't going to be enough grass the next year so the cattle rancher has a very vested interest in taking care of our public lands somebody sitting in chicago where i am this morning with you obviously does not have a vested interest in making sure that that rangeland is well maintained they just want cattle gone and the result will be an inferno for the american west the likes of which we've never seen so on that happy note i hope you have a great week and the great outdoors be back with much more next week and it is interesting how we just end up in this place where we have turned over the management of so many things to people who don't have experience in the fields for which they're required in the natural resource world and we become so litigious Thanks for listening. Have a great week in the great outdoors. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.